Thank you all for joining us here at I-80 Sports, where today we continue our 32-part 2021 team preview. Today's team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Thank you all for joining us here again at I-80 Sports. Make sure that you check out our website down below, i80sports.com, for all of our NHL previews coming up because we are previewing all 32 teams leading up to the beginning of the NHL season. And we're here now in October. When we began this, we are, we were sitting in August and saying the lead up to October, but we're in October now. We're in the home stretch. We have just started with the Metropolitan Division. This is our first Metropolitan team that we're going to be covering today, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins. And, of course, as always, guys, if you're on Twitter, make sure you follow us down below at I-80. Uh, ooh, I just plugged the wrong thing there. Make sure that you follow us down below at I-80 underscore sports NHL. If you're following already, thank you all for the support because we greatly appreciate it. And without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. And if you're here on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe for all of the previews that we have left to come. We have only seven videos left to go after this, which is wild to say. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how are you doing today? Doing well, and here we are to preview the Pittsburgh Penguins, a team that may or may not be in transition right now. It really depends on a lot of factors, and we will go into them uh, in the next few minutes. Yeah, there's there's a bit to talk about here with Pittsburgh, and, uh, well, away we go. Time to first start talking about some 2020 and 2021 team facts, which to start off with, what was Pittsburgh's record last year? Well, they finished 37-16-3. and That's 37 wins to 16 losses to three overtime losses, which was good for 77 points and first place in the East Division last year, which blew us away last year. We really did not think that Pittsburgh was going to be the top team in the East last year, but lo and behold, there they were. On the power play and penalty kill, they were relatively good power play-wise. They were great, 23.7% on the power play last year. That's above league average, which league average, as we've referenced before, is at 19%. Whereas on the penalty kill, a little bit below league average. They were sitting at 77.4%, not that far below league average, sitting at about 79% on league average. But still room for uh, improvement there. For the Pittsburgh Penguins. Leading scorers for the Pittsburgh Penguins last year were Sidney Crosby, Sid the Kid, as always, with 62 points, Jake Gensel with 57 points, and Chris Letang with 45 points. So not bad point totals from your top point getters for the Pittsburgh Penguins last year. We do have some key additions and subtractions here for the Pittsburgh <laughs> Penguins in this past offseason. Additions, uh, Philip Hollander, Taylor Feeden, uh, Brock McGinn, Dominic Simon, Michael Chaput, Danton Heinen, and Louis Domingue. And on the subtraction side, Yannick Weber, Cody Cece, Frederick Goudreau, Maxime Legace, uh, Kevin Seussman, Sam Maladic, and Brandon Tanev to the expansion draft. Brandon Tanev is now a member of the Seattle Kraken. 
Moving right along to X-Factors, and when we talk about X-Factors, no, we are not talking about NHL 22 X-Factors. We're talking about our own brand of X-Factors. Who do we feel are going to be important key factors here for the Pittsburgh Penguins this year? Tom, as usual, we've gotten to the point where I've done quite enough talking. So let's hear from you. Who are some X-Factors on the Pittsburgh Penguins this year? Well, I guess a common theme um, lately in what I've been doing in this videos is I've kind of been um, uh, highlighting upper management as X-Factors with certain clubs. And um, I hate to keep doing it and sounding like a broken record, but I just feel like it's way too obvious with this team. Right now, as we both, as we already know, we haven't really gotten into it yet, but I guess I'll, I'll spoil the party for the people who don't know. Sidney Crosby is out six weeks. Evgeny Malkin is out two months. Right now, you have a new president there, a new guy running things in the form of Mr. Brian Burke. Um, I've discussed numerous, numerous times with Brian Burke. He's no stranger to going into teams and tearing them apart and rebuilding them in the way he wants to do it. You know, he's been successful in a lot of places. He won a Stanley Cup in Anaheim. He built a very good team in Vancouver in the early 2000s. I mean, he helped build a really good team in Calgary. Toronto was really the only place he didn't do so well in, but, um, uh, you know, the uh, factors there weren't so great. Anyways, he promised Mario Lemieux, the owner of the team last year, and maybe the greatest Penguin ever, that he would stand pat with the stars in Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malkin, and Chris Letang. But now with Crosby and Malkin out, he pretty much has, and I hate to say it, he has Jimmy Rutherford's scraps out there that they're, that they're going to be icing now. Um, if he doesn't like what he sees during these first two months with Crosby and Malkin out, I mean, obviously Crosby will be back before the two months is up, hopefully. But if he doesn't like what he sees, I can easily see Brian Burke start tearing this team apart, especially if they're struggling towards the towards the end of the season or towards the middle of the season, as we know with, with Pittsburgh in the past, they've been they've been um, uh, slow starters, and then Crosby and Malkin have turned it up, and the team has been in the playoffs or Stanley Cup champion or close to the finals. But at the same time, Crosby and Malkin aren't getting any younger, and Brian Burke has been a person who hasn't been afraid to go up to certain stars, guys like in Vancouver, for example, Mark Messier, guys like that, and tell them, listen. We still want you to do well, but you're not the player you were anymore. And this team's going to have to start looking to go in a different direction in order to be successful in the future. And it's just hard for me to sit here and believe, and I, I'm sorry to keep rambling. It's hard for me to sit here to believe that Brian Burke is just going to stand pat and listen to Mario Lemieux and say, hey, listen, well, you have to keep parading Crosby and Malkin and trading for stars out there. That's just not how Brian Burke works. And I do really think that if they struggle this year, Brian Burke will start tearing this team up. I don't think you're wrong here in terms of Brian Burke, though. I think it is important to note, you know, somebody who is in charge of hockey operations like Brian Burke is something key to note here with Pittsburgh, with Pittsburgh this year in general, because this is now new territory for the Pittsburgh Penguins in terms of having kind of an alpha owner in this case. Um but going on to my X factors, uh, one of the biggest X factors to me, even if he misses six weeks, it's Sid the Kid. Sidney Crosby is like a clear X factor here. Fun fact with Sidney Crosby, in his entire career, Sidney Crosby has never had a season where he did not average over a point per game. And to me, that's just absolutely nuts. That's godlike. Say what you will about Sidney Crosby. Like, you know, you can argue he made the game softer, you know, these days, but hey, you know what? So did Wayne Gretzky. Wayne Gretzky also made the game a little bit softer too. Tom's shaking his head, but he knows it's true. He knows the writing on the wall with that. But at the same time, the game without Sidney Crosby these days would be very, very different. 
And Sidney Crosby is certainly that person that post-lockout changed the game forever, whether you like him or hate him. And there's a lot to respect about Sidney Crosby's game. And any team that has Sidney Crosby is automatically going to be a competitive team no matter what because he is going to force them to be competitive. He you know, helps those around him. It's the reason why Jake Gensel had his point totals last year. It's the reason why, you know, the rest of this team succeeds is because of it, it hinges on his performance. Last year was no different. They were first in the East last year, very much because of his 62 points. There were people that were even saying that he should have been nominated and really heavily considered for the Hart Trophy last year. And, you know, there's certainly an argument to be made there. That being said, Crosby missing six weeks is going to be a major X factor, and the absence of Crosby early on is going to be interesting to see how Pittsburgh reacts to that. But then it's also going to be interesting to watch once he comes back how Pittsburgh does when he is fully healthy. And then lastly for me, the goaltending needs to step up in a big way this year. Hopefully Pittsburgh still does not regret giving away Marc-Andre Fleury to Vegas when they first expanded for free. All those years ago. And honestly, good seasons by Tristan Yari and Casey DeSmith will help with that because they both need good seasons in a bad way right now. Moving right along to breakout candidates here. Players who maybe coming into their rookie season haven't had a breakout season yet or maybe a little bit more of an experienced player who hasn't fully realized his potential yet. Tom, let's start with you. Who's a breakout candidate here for the Pittsburgh Penguins? Well, with such an established club like this one, it's very, very difficult to pick somebody here. I had a real hard time doing it. But I'm going to go with Redeem Zahorna. I'm going to go way off the board. He had four points in eight games last year for the Pens, and he's actually predicted to start the season in that second-line center spot, normally taken up by Evgeny Malkin. So he's going to have top six minutes to start. It's obvious that he's not going to be there permanently once Crosby and Malkin are back. Maybe when they're back, he'll play the third-line center spot should they want to keep Jeff Carter in the top six, maybe move Jeff Carter to the wing. Jeff Carter has played wing before. He's no stranger to playing wing. If he can get, say, I'd say 40 points or 35 points, or if he could even maybe hit the 50-point mark, watch out. That's a good third-line option and a good depth option for the Penguins if he can do it. So my choice is uh, Redeem Zahorna. Not a bad pick here, but I've got an even more interesting pick here. Somebody that I don't think people would immediately think of as a breakout candidate on any team. Kasperi Kapanen. And a lot of people are thinking just like, well, he's kind of an established forward in the league. But really go back and look at those stats. He really hasn't fully established himself yet. He had 30 points in 40 games last year. That's not what you call a type of player like Kapanen as a top six player as elite. And I think Kasperi Kapanen wants to cement himself as an elite level forward and something that I think could be his potential. Even, you know, he's had that, that type of potential even in his days in Toronto. Toronto only let him go just simply because there was just no room for him anymore. The, he, they couldn't afford to pay him. So Pittsburgh took him on. And I'll be really, really interested to see what uh, happens this year with him because, you know, he's a highly touted forward. He's coming into his second year in Pittsburgh, and he's going to want to add a jump in his production this year. And I think he very well could and is going to be a very interesting player to watch in this top six this year for Pittsburgh. He's also almost certainly going to get some power play minutes in there, which will also help boost his production 
if he gets, you know, second line to maybe even first line minutes on some nights, I think honestly, Kasperi Kapanen could maybe break 50 to 60 points this year, maybe even above 60 points this year. We're just going to have to see what happens. Moving right along to our potential opening night lineup here for the Pittsburgh Penguins, which take it with a grain of salt. We are now in October, so we don't have to fully, you know, talk about this like we did in previous videos, but there are still some room for moves between now and the beginning of the season in a few weeks. So, as always, guys, take this with a big grain of salt as we normally do. But what could this potential opening night lineup look like this year? Glad you asked. We're going to take a look right now. On forward line one, starting off the beginning of this year, we've got Jake Gensel with Jeff Carter and Danton Heinen. Hold Moving on, the up. screen, the screen. Oh, my screen. Well, why don't I back up real quick? Oh, yeah, that is We're very good. that. <laughs> so what could this opening night lineup look like well here we go so starting on forward line one we've got jake gensel with jeff carter and danton heinen moving right along to the second line we've got jason zucker with radim zahorna and kasperi kapanen on to the third line, we've got Dominic Simon with Evan Rodriguez and Brian Rust. And then the fourth line, Zach Aston Reese with Teddy Bluger and Brock McGinn. Zach Aston Reese also might miss a little bit of time just because of COVID protocol, but we just have to see what happens. Also interesting to note here, as we mentioned previously in this video, Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin are out for right now for uh, Sidney Crosby's case potentially a month and a half for Evgeny Malkin, at least two months. So it should be interesting to note here for the forward lines. Next, onto the first line of defense, we've got Brian Dumoulin with Chris Letang. Onto the second line of defense, Michael Matheson with John Marino. And the third line of defense, Marcus Peterson with Mark Friedman. Also, it's probably Marcus Pedersen. I also just realized I totally botched that name, but it's totally fine. Everyone laughs at my pronunciations anyway. And then lastly, on to the goaltending. I made it a 1A, 1B situation just simply because I think it's going to be a 60-40 split, uh, maybe even 55-45 split. But goalie 1A, Tristan Yari, with goalie 1B, Casey DeSmith. So not a bad lineup on paper here for the Pittsburgh Penguins. But as always, we got to talk about some variables here with the Pittsburgh Penguins this year. How are th how could this lineup change between now and the Olympic break? How could things change between the Olympic break to post-trade deadline? So, Tom, let's start with you. What are some variables with this Pittsburgh Penguins lineup this year? Well, I guess the obvious one here, and it's the biggest elephant in the room you could think of, it's the health of Crosby and Malkin. They're both going to be out basically the first two months. Crosby will come back before that's up, but Malkin's out for the first two months. And once they come back, can they stay healthy? There's no guarantee that once they're back, they're going to be back for good. One of them or both of them could get hurt again. One other thing to keep in mind here is that this is an Olympic year. And both are definitely still going. Crosby is definitely the captain of Team Canada. He was named to Team Canada today, actually, because now they're have due to COVID regulations out in China. They're starting to have to put in provisional rosters early this year. Um, there was a reason behind it, and it's just skipping my mind right now. That'll be something we'll discuss another day, probably. But he's already going, 
And I can't see Malkin not going for Russia. It's, I'm hard-pressed to, to not see him going either. And one of the other things to think about here is this. Remember, you have an owner in Mario Lemieux who basically sat out games back in 02 so he would be healthy enough to go play for Team Canada in the Olympics. Now, obviously, you have Brian Burke here, and Brian Burke sometimes rules with an iron fist. But could Mario come up to them and, and, and tell them around February if they're feeling tired or they're looking a little injured, hey, just take a few games off for the Olympics. No problem. I did it, so you can do it too. Could that be a factor as well with them? Could Lemieux let them do that? <clears throat> Another thing to think about is this. If this team is out on the outside looking in come deadline time, could Brian Burke pull both of them aside and tell them and just tell them, listen, guys, you've had a nice run here, but I have to blow this thing up because – it's just not working with what we have. Now, while I don't think Sidney Crosby will ever leave Pittsburgh, he'll retire a Penguin, could Brian Burke give Malkin the option of leaving, or could Brian Burke just very well go and start shopping Malkin other places in order to get a return for him? Like I said, Malkin's name has been kicked around in previous years about maybe leaving Pittsburgh, you know, maybe them trying to trade him before it's too late so they can get some assets for him. And now with Brian Burke here, I think that that might be an obvious thing if this team is out of the playoffs around the trade deadline. So just something to think about here. It's the health of them. And like I said, with the X factors before, it's also sort of a variable. What will Brian Burke's decisions be? And what will the relationship between him and Mario Lemieux be like as well in handling these star players? So we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to see. I mean, to kind of add on to your point, this team is going to miss Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin for at least a month or so, like bare minimum, at least a month. And you look down, you know, the center at the moment, Jeff Carter, Radim Zahorna, Evan Rodriguez, Teddy Bluger, you know, it's not bad on paper, but it could use some bolstering. So that being said, I mean, one person that I kind of, you know, think of as a former Pittsburgh Penguin, you know, could Pittsburgh pick up, you know, Mark Jankowski if the New Jersey Devils decide to let him go from his PTO? That could be a name to watch if Pittsburgh decides to go that route, maybe bolster that center depth a little bit more. Jankowski would certainly bolster it quite a bit in that bottom six with a six uh, foot four frame. Jankowski could be a very good addition for a currently depleted center for the Pittsburgh Penguin. And then other than that, you know, with Crosby and Malkin coming back, what does that mean for Rodriguez, Bluger, and even Zahorna? What does that mean for their playing time going forward? You know, that's going to be an interesting thing to watch as well. Lastly, I'm looking at two prospects here of when are they finally going to crack the lineup and, you know, stay there for good. Those are Sam Pouline and Pierre Oliver Joseph. You know, these are two players that I honestly I'm kind of confused as to how they haven't come up yet, but this is also another kind of theme with what we were talking about before with Brian Burke. Brian Burke is not going to be afraid to blow this team up. If he feel like if he, if he feels like he needs to retool Pittsburgh doesn't really have a prospect pool at the moment. It's one of the weaker prospects pools in the entire league. I think that's going to be something to kind of watch over the course of this year, next year, especially if Pittsburgh finds themselves outside of the playoff bubble. If they find themselves outside of the playoff bubble, Brian Burke is not going to be afraid to maybe trade an asset, get some picks, maybe get some prospects, bolster that 
prospect depth up again, maybe to even retool for maybe a year or so down the line, maybe not a full-blown rebuild, but maybe even just a retool. Cause that might be all Pittsburgh really needs is a retool, not necessarily a rebuild, but left to be seen. Interesting storylines just to watch throughout the year in general. But as we come towards the end of our episode, we have to ask our question of the day, which our question of the day stays the same as always, which is where does the where do the Pittsburgh Penguins finish this year in the Metropolitan Division? Tom, where do you think they end in the Met this year? You know, there's a lot of what ifs here with this team. You know, we've seen with the Penguins in the past when you basically write them off, they only win a Stanley Cup. When you have them pegged to win a Stanley Cup, they get knocked out in the first round. They get swept in a conference final. Somebody goes out there and outclasses them. So it's really been a Jekyll and Hyde team. The Penguins are when you expect them to win, they don't win. When you expect them to be terrible, they only go out and win championships. So it's so many variables, so many what-ifs with this team, you know. And like I said before, I can't stress enough, you have Brian Burke there now, and I just can't see him sitting there. And Mario Lemieux telling him, oh, we'll run the team, but you have to keep these guys around. It's not the way Brian Burke operates. Alas, they could finish anywhere from third place to sixth place. I'm going to be a little bit conservative here, and I'm going to go with fourth place, and I think they're going to grab that last wild card spot. I think it's going to be them and a team that they're very big rivals with fighting for towards the end of the season. But I think they ultimately maybe make the playoffs just one last time. But at the same time, just because they make the playoffs, I don't think that changes what Brian Burke might want to do with this team. But I'm still going to go with fourth place here, and I'm still going to go with the final playoff spot. It's not a bad choice at all. And honestly, as I mentioned before earlier in this episode, I have learned over the years to never doubt a team that Sidney Crosby plays for, which, of course, is only one team. And if you want to count Team Canada, you can count Team Canada, too. Uh, but even if he only misses a month to a month and a half, he is going to be the only reason why Pittsburgh is competitive this year. That being said, I think there are a few teams that are better right now. And to be blunt, I'll, you know, I'll just come out and say it. I think the tandem of Tristan Yari and Casey Smith has got to be the weakest goalie tandem in the entire division. They have between the two of them, the worst glove side probably in the entire NHL, honestly. I mean, you look back at some of those highlights, at some of those beach balls that they let in last year between both of them. Sure, they ended in first place last year. They bowed out of the playoffs pretty quickly, though. So that being said, I mean, where does Pittsburgh go this year? You know, are they fully committed to Tristan Yari and Casey DeSmith. Who knows? Honestly, it is because of that reason, that goaltending reason, that I say Pittsburgh will finish in either sixth or fifth place this year, but I'm going to conservatively say sixth place this year. But could they finish higher? Absolutely, because like I said, anytime I've doubted a Sidney Crosby team, they have made the playoffs. So it is still likely that they make the playoffs this year. I just think that there are a few teams that are better at the moment. One team I think I'm probably going to get eviscerated for for saying that they're better, but it's fine. We'll get there when we get there. But that being said, what do you guys think? Do you guys agree? Do you disagree with our selections today? Make sure that you comment down below. Let us know. And while you're commenting down below, 
drop a like and subscribe for all of our team previews left to come because, hey, you might not necessarily be a Pittsburgh Penguins fan, but if you're a fan of any teams in the Metropolitan Division, good news because we are previewing all of those teams leading up to the beginning of the NHL season. And we already did the previous three uh, divisions as well. So any teams in the Pacific, Central, and Atlantic divisions, if you got favorite teams there, go back to our previous videos, watch those, and then come back and binge watch the rest of them because we're covering all 32 before the beginning of the season. But you can also find all of our content down below at iadsports.com where not only can you find our NHL team previews and the rest of our NHL content to come, but you can also find our NFL, NCAA football, MLS, and NBA content there as well. The NBA team particularly has been previewing all of the divisions in the NBA as well. Make sure you drop some love over to them as well because we're doing this undertaking and we want to see them get some love as well. But if you're also on Twitter, make sure you follow down below at I80 underscore sports NHL. And if you're following already, thank you guys so much for all of your support, because without you guys, we can't do this on a weekly basis. But it's time to move away here from the Pittsburgh Penguins. It's time to move on to another team in the Metropolitan Division as we slowly start winding down our team previews. But I'm Brian. He's been Tom. This has been our Pittsburgh Penguins 2021-2022 team preview.